right, here we go. We're recording. Um, hi, welcome to We'll Continue to Observe, um, a new podcast. I'm Courtney. <laughs> we have to do that again. <laughs> I can't do it. Wait, keep it, just keep it going. No, 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 don't cut it. Because you can, you, you've got this. <laughs> I was going to say, you can do better, and I thought that that sounded really mean, so... You've got this. No, I can I can do better. I'm being supportive. All You've right. You've got this. Hang on. I'm like, just wait. Let me clink my. Let me get my. Yeah. Let me now. take another drink. Let me get my um my presenter uh ringleader hat yes. on. Yes. Top hat like in the circus. Yes. Striped. Yes. yes. Striped. Yeah. Absolutely. Glitters. Lots of glitter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hi. Welcome to. We'll continue to observe. I'm Courtney. I'm Jen. And this podcast is about life love, and the pursuit of dark humor. A therapist, Jen, and a nurse, Courtney, will guide you through everyday life trying to find the balance between self-deprecation and self-acceptance. Uh, this is our intro episode, guys, and we're really excited to be doing this. Um, I'm going to say how I think this podcast started. Okay. okay. The... the- the big bang of this podcast, right? So to speak. Yes. Okay. So for me, this podcast came about because uh, we would meet up very sporadically mm-hmm. at a bar mm-hmm. and have really good conversations. Yes. Very yes. deep, but also very funny. Yes. Um, and honest. Agreed. But you also make it sound like we don't ever hang out which isn't necessarily true no 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 but I feel like there was that period of time that we just yeah. didn't see each other that much absolutely so um so one one night in particular we were out and we were at Belmont and you were like oh come on one more one more and I was like yeah one more we have role reversed because that's you now but that's okay at the time I believed that I was in that role in which I was very passionate about one more drink. That was the one time. Mm. Because we will also eventually tell the story of Jen. Yes. We'll tell the origin story of that. Not today. No, that's just our moment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's our moment. But um, I feel like that moment really (laughs) brought us together as people. Like, I feel like we really understood each other in that moment. Yes, that was the linking moment. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I agree. Um, But I left because I walked home and I left and I was just like, we should have a podcast <laughs> people would love to hear us and yes. by people i mean you me and maybe like four two friends. people wow okay so you I are four. exponentially more than what i think i think it's two but you can bet for four and we'll meet two squared in the middle at like three maybe like maybe three people are gonna listen to can we do 3.5 yes but we really need to meet whoever that 0.5 of a person is because i just want to understand what their experience is like to be a 0.5 so <laughs> That's like when they tell you that the average family has like, what is it, 2.5 kids? Or yes. What, yes. Who is that half child? I don't know. I don't know. There needs to be some more. Is it my dog? Oh, maybe. Because That's then I the do tr- have 2.5 kids. Truth. But do you count your dog as 0.5 or do you count your dog as a whole? I count her as 1.5. Yeah. So She's my favorite that. child. Uh-huh. Wait, so which one of your kids would be a No. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to continue gonna, with how we met, because that's I'm a gonna, safer topic. I'm going to answer that question off podcast. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Love you, boys. Yes. Do you remember the moment that we met, though? Do you remember that exact special moment? I don't, I don't remember the exact moment. moment. However, I, I would like to tell everyone that we met um, in 
in there in a therapeutic setting we did so we used to work at a fellow company right which is probably as much as we'll say about that um yeah we're gonna leave that yeah yeah but we worked at a company together um in which we helped individuals who were seeking services um specifically of the therapeutic genre and they were residential Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of a important part of that yeah i think it speaks to how much like we had a lot of like face-to-face like client contact and care and just like support but it also speaks to like kind of the the stressors of the environment or how that would be different in other like mental health settings so i agree correct we did not important detail right we did not see our our patients nine to five Yes. Um, and there were a lot of extra hours worked. Yes. Um, because in a residential setting, it's it's 24 hours a day. Yes. Agreed. So. A lot of extra hours worked, probably both paid and unpaid, and just creative things happening outside to help support people or whatever that would be just to, like, support the company. So I, I would agree. Yeah, I think it's a definitely a creative and unique environment. So we had met in this setting, which can be both – at least in my opinion, I think a really beautiful setting for people to facilitate change and people to go through the therapeutic process, but also for providers um, giving patient care 24-7 is certainly unique um, in both, again, positive and negative ways. I think you learn a lot about testing your limits or a lot about who you are as a person when you're in that setting. So I, I think I had learned a lot, or you saw me in a phase in my life in which I was learning a lot about myself and about the field and about where those limits were. I don't know if you can speak to that experience as well of like feeling similarly. Yeah. So my, that was actually, um, I think we both met at this, um, point in our lives that were professionally, um, like explosive growth. Yeah. Yes. Because my, my experience prior to that setting, um, was inpatient psychiatric treatment for people who, um, were, chronically and severely mentally ill and also having an acute crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that setting is a very, very different from a, um, a setting where people are seeking, um, seeking help and it's a therapeutic, therapeutic mm-hmm. setting. Um, it's not medically driven, it's therapeutically driven. So that's mm-hmm. completely different than my background. Um, and I was very excited to be there. However, I definitely did not it was a struggle for me to figure out new boundaries and limits um, mm-hmm. because I feel like my boundaries were very, very strict because that's mm-hmm. they needed to be in my previous setting. Mm-hmm. And my new boundaries needed to be a little looser. Um, I think the fact that my boundaries were really strict, though, did lend a positive approach to treating our Mm-hmm. Our, our demographic or our population. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. someone maybe with a little bit stricter ideas coming into it kind of helped to balance things out a little bit. And I also think, it, I think at the end of the day, for a lot of people, it provides, um, if you're in crisis, any type of crisis, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I think boundaries and limits give you a sense of security, even mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily like them in the moment, I think you kind of reflect back and are happy that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think based on our team's level of being like variable where we were at in our careers, which was like 
a really awesome thing. Like by no means do I mean that being negative, but just a lot of us either having career goals of like moving on to be therapists or like us well along in the process of like actually being therapists versus people who are still like career exploring or had a really deep interest in like becoming something in mental health. It was like a really cool like dynamic or mishmash of like where all these perspectives were meeting, but also we probably benefited from that. And we got that from you or from specific leadership roles in which we felt like we had really like strong direction or we had like powerful senses of like like control or where we could set our own boundaries or where we can interject our own opinions or our own thoughts and beliefs on like where those boundaries should be which I think created a really healthy environment at least in in our immediate staff so that's like yeah we were both like we were both frontline staff and so we had to work together really closely um to kind of make things happen and it was it was really great and we've we have so many friends that we made there um friendships out of beautiful beautiful great times and adversity right yeah the adversity really strengthened us yes um but do you are you are you saying that like you remember the specific moment that we met or just that we met there I don't remember the specific moment admittedly but I also remember you're right that you came in with a really strong presence and I think also like we can speak to like who we are as people like not only personality wise but how we present in the world so you came in as like this really tall and strong woman who was like this is the boundary and this is what you're gonna do and I was just like yes oh my gosh yes like that is someone who can lead and like that's like a team that I want to be part of yeah um and I mean maybe if I'm just speaking for myself my own style I think I came in and I'm a little bit more of like even in my work I call myself like a gentle challenger is kind of like where I'm coming from where it's like learning when to push and when to pull and when to be really supportive and really empathetic but also really when to challenge people and be like you know what I think that's bullshit like I think you actually need to see it from like a different perspective yeah um so I think I came in with a little bit more of a neutral would that is that accurate a more neutral stance yeah I would say so even, especially especially in that environment no I'm just I'm thinking to myself that um if we did have a moment of like meeting it was probably over a very snarky comment made by me oh likely probably likely <laughs> And then I was like, oh, yes, this is a safe person. And then from there, it was just like... It was on and popping. All the locks were just like, great, now the door is open for us to have these this dialogue and this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And then I lean in and I'm like, let me tell you how crazy I am. <laughs> and then mine, you just see over time. Whereas yours is very upfront, but you'll just see mine unpack slowly. Mine is so upfront. It's it's It's, it's healthy. A, it's a good... Is it? Because I feel like it's very abrupt and slightly upsetting. Are you asking me a clinical opinion or a personal opinion? Because personally, I think it's super healthy. Clinically, I don't know. I'm really biased on that, so I don't know what I think about that. But um, I don't need to be medicated yet, so... Like, I think, funny. too, we had talked about, like, stylistically, the really awesome thing is we both came in from two different perspectives. So, like, we had come in sharing... We had talked about a millennial perspective, so we both share the same generation, but we both share the perspective from different ends. So me being on the tail end of the millennial perspective and being able to experience and see some things that um, people had gone through. So we even just had talked about like what like Nirvana and the punk movement and all these things had meant to people. But how then as like as a younger version of the millennials quote, younger, right quote, that I was able to integrate that into my style or integrate that into my understanding of the world where I got to see the Great Recession and I got to see a lot of these things growing up and just how that affected my worldview whereas you probably had it from a little bit of a different perspective so I think that's our strength too is sharing the common ground of the millennial aspect but also us figuring out that like 
we come at it from two very different positive viewpoints that meet somewhere in the middle of being like, this is how it influences and affects people. Right. So I like to vehemently deny that I am a millennial. Um, I get, you're one of us. I don't know why you do that. You're one of us. I just like, just accept it. I get, I I love it. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I get loud. Own it. (laughs) I just like, I'm not a millennial. Like I just don't, I don't. I guess because it's probably because of how millennials are talked about in mm-hmm. media, social media, mm-hmm. um, that it's this very negative thing where it's like they're very shallow, they're very self-centered. Um, we will eventually talk about one of my favorite um, uh, phrases, which is uh, person-friendly narcissism. Oh, yes, yes. That and would be an important topic in this. <laughs> that's what I feel like millennials, I feel like that's how millennials are painted. And mm-hmm. I feel like I am still from the, I feel like my background is like, you work really hard, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, um, you put your nose down, like grind it out. Um, mm-hmm. You work just as hard as you can to get what you need. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, fun comes later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess... And also maybe because I'm like technically not the greatest, like I barely know how Snapchat works. Um, that I feel so we like we have common ground because I'm also not technologically savvy, <laughs> despite being the one who should be technologically savvy. Not my thing. Like there's multiple times a day that I'm ashamed to admit that my laptop is unplugged and I don't know why it's not charging. <laughs> I shouldn't admit that out loud, but like it happens where I have to be like, okay, wait, is it plugged in? Because that's the first step. <laughs> step one, uh, plug it in. But yeah. I would agree that like I also come from a similar perspective. So maybe seeing it from like the top down and then also like bottom up perspective where I got to see my family struggle with that and I got to see like the world struggle with like the great recession and the world struggle with all these things where I have very similar values coming from the tail end of the millennials because I saw if you didn't work hard I saw what would happen like if you you got lost in the mix or you got lost in the great recession or life dealt you a really tricky hand like I learned to be like okay you need to be careful and you need to be calculated and you need to really plan for your future and put your nose to the grind and like fun doesn't always come when you want it to come like it doesn't always happen because you need to be extra prepared so I think it's interesting it's a it's a similar common ground coming from also, are you real uncomfortable taking selfies? Because I feel like yeah. that's what makes me not a millennial. <laughs> like, taking yeah. selfies is very uncomfortable. Yes. I do it. It can be fun. But the yes. overall feeling is this is way too self-indulgent. Sure. Way too ridiculous. That's okay. And that's a whole other topic that I would love to dive in on. Like, feminism. So we're yes. going to have to shelf that. Because I, I love, like, the intersection of where, like, like, feminism and art meets, like, that we love to hate things that, like that come with the new generation or that come with technology or that come with young people. Like we love to hate on young people and it's not necessarily fair when it just means that like time is changing, art is changing, culture is changing. So depending on how people are using or intent behind what people are doing, it's, it's still art. It's still creativity. It's still ways that we connect to people and express positivity. It's just like, how much are we doing it? Right. So if you're taking a selfie every hour versus like, like when does that become something that's like a problem or every day or so to speak? Yes. Yeah. That is something we will dive into. Um, Welcome to our podcast where we cannot stay on topic. Like this is just, this is going to be the thread. Beautiful. It's going to be the theme. It's going to happen. We're just going to have to monitor ourselves, monitor each other. Absolutely. All right, Jen, what's next for our intro episode? Um, So we had taken just a little fun bit, and we thought everyone could take this along with us. We had taken the Enneagram, which if you can't say that, welcome also to to my world. That's a very hard um, test to say. I won't say the exact one because we don't have the actual 
technical quote rights to it, but you can Google it and you can find it online. Um, it is a shorter version of the questionnaire, which is what I'm going to say about it. Um, but that we're broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was welcome to the millennial generation. <laughs> uh, we all have massive debt. Yes. So with a nice Google search, you will be able to find the Enneagram test. Granted, again, not the full version, but you'll be able to find a truncated version of it. And we had taken it as a way to to reach out to viewers and to inspire people to also like connect and to understand like who they are as people, but also just for us to have a really good laugh at comparing our answers on the Enneagram. Yeah, we thought this would be a really good way for our listeners to kind of get to know us in like a fun, silly way. And this would be a good time for us to say that even though I am a registered nurse and Jen is a a real therapist, yes, um, that we, this podcast is in no way any um, type of medical or therapeutical advice. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Therapeutical is not a word. So, uh, but we just made it up and we trademarked it. So, but it is, it feels good, right? It felt right. It felt right coming out. Absolutely. Um, But this is not an advice podcast. This is not a, um, we're not trying to diagnose anyone or ourselves. That's that's for someone with much higher power than me to do. Um, but we're just kind of having fun, and we also have kind of a unique perspective because of our jobs. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it's like it's important that we come from the perspective perspective of like having both like data and research studies and things that we've incorporated into our styles, but also like we don't really often get a platform to share opinions because our job is very like, like factual based or very like helping clients yeah. find answers or seek answers or how they can get those resources. So this also is just a great free space for us to like bring some clinical info with our personal perspectives. Uh, so just to reiterate, like we're still learning, we're always learning. And I think that's really important, but also that like this isn't meant to be a self-help or clinical no, diagnosis No, we, are, listen, we are not. No, you will not be a better person listening to this podcast. But you might laugh a little bit more. And that was our intent to just shed some light on the fact that we're all people and we're all figuring out where all of our puzzle pieces fit. And that's Okay. The point of this podcast is literally to make ourselves laugh and and hopefully other people. Um, yes. Yes. And just normalize some questions or things about mental health that we all struggle with and yeah. the ideas that we have had along the way in the field. I think that would be the best outcome of our podcast is that people feel more comfortable expressing mental health issues and talking about them with other people. Agreed. And even among, and my hope is too, among treatment providers that we're all just open and honest about whether that be like our biases or our flaws or just the perspectives that we're coming in with um, to just really understand like also who we are as people and how we work with clients and how in in some essence we, we shelf ourselves in our careers to work with clients, but also remembering that like there's also has to be some form of genuineness or ha- there has to be some form of like understanding yourself to be really immersed in like a really great provider. Um, so you turned piece. me on to the angry therapist. Yes. That and was so inspiring. My was introduction to him, I actually, so we were talking about it and then I just happened to click on Nicole Byers, um, mm-hmm. why won't you date me podcast. Mm-hmm. He was on it. Really? And so that's where I listened to him. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and he talks, like, something very powerful that he was talking about was um, that we don't see our providers in the mental health space as people mm-hmm. um, because they can really completely shelf themselves. And mm-hmm. that that's maybe, probably, most likely a disservice sure. to clients. Because, sure. um, like, when I was a little girl, uh, very, very little... Um, I thought that my teacher honestly went in a closet 
for the night. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when I came to school the next day, she was just there. Like, I had no concept of her outside of school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like that can happen a lot in treatment, is that we see those those people as just their Mm -hmm. title and not that they have these separate lives that... Uh, spoiler alert, are not perfect. Sure. Not put Rather together. Than, like, someone they can be kind of a fucking hot mess. With something. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think like the point isn't to like be like, oh, what's behind the curtain and that like everyone is inherently flawed, which yeah. like, of course, there's some truth to that message, but also to get it out there um, that like, like we can also struggle with our own, own things and come out on the other end as better providers for having reflected on that or for having owned that or having boundaries with clients, but also in and out outside setting kind of exploring like where our pitfalls are yeah and so our weaknesses as people maybe our lives are kind of a hot mess at the moment but that doesn't also on the flip side doesn't take away from how good we are in our professions agreed yeah i absolutely agree because i think that there's a lot of truth to um us owning our experiences or us exploring our experiences and realizing how that relates back to like us being strong as people or us and our growth and also like the growth that we can help people find whether that's in session or in an appointment or whatever that may be with like community outreach I also agree that I think that that's a really huge piece yes yes all right so let's talk about our results yes. of our Enneagram yes is that, isn't that a fun word to say Enneagram yeah Enneagram? it doesn't sit right on my no it no, doesn't no it's still long someone's gonna correct us and I'm 100% ready to learn <laughs> I am so here for it um so we will definitely have a um it well let's be real it'll be weekly as soon as people start talking yeah. to us yeah and um, we'll just call it the corrections cubby Ooh, and it'll just be our little space that. where we go and we sit and we sit in shame while people tell us how <laughs> long they are yeah i love that we're gonna sit with a little bit of uh s- some shame i don't know that i'm gonna feel a full amount of shame but i won't no no yeah. okay we're, we'll no i we'll feel like it. i feel like most people will come at it I think that honestly, most people, um, when they reply to someone and correct them, it's coming mm-hmm. from a good, a positive place and not sure. like, Hey, you massive piece of shit. Like you fuck this up. You're fucking stupid. I Props think most- to someone if they're that honest though. And they come at us in that kind of really just charismatic and unique dynamic. That's my really nice way of saying, wow, that was like, that was a lot. Listen, I always tell my children this, know your audience, okay? So if you can express that to us in a very mean way, but it's also very funny, you win. You win. Yes. You get to be, yep. But if you just come at it as like a total asshole, then you don't win. No. But if you're witty, I'm on board. Humor will take you far, like you said, if you know your audience. That's right. Okay. That's right. Well, my boys don't get in trouble for saying like outlandish things. As oh, long as they're it. funny. I love it. If you're not funny, though... It's not good. Bye-bye, PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> Boundaries, right? Go, go back and try to be funnier next time. <laughs> <laughs> Why weren't you funnier? You're my child. <laughs> Just plug that controller that. right out of their hands. I love that. <laughs> Work on your comedy. All Again, right. we we're just we're we're figuring it out, right? <laughs> we're so we're so sorry. But let's be real, like four Three and a half people are listening to this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're two um, of them. Poor Fitzy. Love is, it. The poor half. Fitzy is the third. That's great. <laughs> but we had taken um, a thirty-six que- like questions or thirty-six. Uh, what what am I? Questions on a questionnaire of the Enneagram. Yeah. Again, I'm not telling you exactly what the the franchised version of this test was. I'm just going to give you lots of hints as to which was the correct test so feel free to email us if you want to know which one that was i just won't yeah we can we can definitely um send that out but also um 
It was not a rigorous 36 questions. No, I did it no. while eating a Jimmy John's sub I at Jimmy John's. That. Wow. Yeah. Eating salt and vinegar chips. See, my process was a little bit more official in a coffee shop, so it was a little bit more refined, but that's not that's not a judgment statement. That's just my process. We will get into my trash coon <laughs> insights, but this that is not for this episode. Speaks, you guys aren't yes. ready for this yet. Mm. You're not ready. This but expresses you... who we are as people. Jimmy John's sitting at a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People not a bad it. thing. Um, I just I would also like to say that there there is absolutely a mayo stain on my oh, on my papers. That's great. Yeah, that's great. We're very classy. We hold it's that in high esteem. Fucking classy guys. That's what we are. So when you take the thirty six questions, um, they are a culmination of basically just like yes no like are you more like this or are you more like that category? Well, it's it's a pick two. Yes. So you pick between two states. Yes. And which is which is honestly great because I hate the ones mm-hmm. that are like a scale of one to five oh, that's yeah. so annoying no. and then yes. I don't know where yes. I'm just like, I'm a three yes. for everything it's more definitive it's just yes. like are it's you this or are you this and pick um so you go through that 36 times at the end you calculate all of your results and then it should give you three um more like dominant categories that would be really important for you to be looking at specifically it'll give you kind of some rankings as to which ones you should be looking at um wait I thought that was the right Rye sec. Yeah, I mean, the three. this one, well, yes and no, because it depends on how close your answers are with this one. But okay. yes, this isn't, like, this one I isn't perfect either. I had two that were very close. Fair. Perfect. Okay. And also, I'm going to just, like, throw a wrench in all of this, that a lot of mine were very close, which we'll, we're going to dive more into. Yeah, I know you're shaking how, your head. How dare you? You're shaking your head. How dare you? Um, we're going to dive a little bit more into that as well. But what were your three highest categories on the Enneagram? So there are nine categories in total, and we're going to talk about... Um, which ones we really connected with or which like one or two that were your so honestly I can only talk about two because after that it after that I have three that are all the same mm. one and then three that are all the okay. same so I'll just talk what about was my your top highest two. categories okay so my highest category was number seven the enthusiast what I wouldn't have guessed that based on how we built this podcast <laughs> <laughs> not at all like that wasn't even on, no I that makes a lot of sense yes <laughs> would you can you guess my second highest Oh, this Please. is challenging. Okay. Mm. I would say it's either a four or an eight is my guess. That's funny. Is that true? It's actually a two. What? The helper. And when I read the helper wow. description, I was like, oh God. Caring interpersonal type? Like that doesn't that doesn't fit for you? You don't think that that is an accurate? No, I think that's actually absolutely okay. me because it's like, um, you're friendly, generous, self-sacrificing, but can be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. Um, well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. And that is me to a T. Okay. Okay. I'm understanding this. Um, typically have problems with possessiveness. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And with acknowledging their own, with acknowledging their own needs at their best, they're unselfish and altruistic and they have unconditional love for others. And that is... Yes, absolutely. Like, I have a very small group of people that I love, but I love them so fiercely. Mm-hmm. And, like, sure. just don't mess with them because I will I will come at you. I jumped yeah. into a pool fully clothed. That's also a story for yeah. another time. You're, oh, you're going to shelf that one? Okay, we're going to shelf it, yeah. What do you think my two highest categories were? Okay. If you had to guess. Don't, no cheating. What do okay. you think that they were? No, I didn't, I didn't look at okay. your answers. I was like, don't peek. <laughs> All right. Um... Can I also say the little disclaimer that this has changed since I took this last year when really? we had worked together. This has actually changed. And that's kind of exciting and that's something I want to 
delve further into, but I'm going to let you guess first. That's really interesting. Yes. Okay. Um, so, okay, I'm going to, I, I'm going to pick between two and actually I'm going to guess the same ones that you did, which were okay. eight or four was your highest. And you're so close because those were my second highest and that's okay. what they, that's what it used to be. It used to be four and eight. So I, I used to really connect with being the challenger, which is like more of a powerful dominating individual, um, who is just really strong and assertive and confident, which is, I think all true things, but also at times, um, someone who maybe could be just a little bit blinded by whatever I thought the evidence was. Um, same thing with the individualist, just like can be like very introspective, very self-aware, very expressive and creative. But at the same time, um, I, I just, you know, I, were you a six or a one? Was that your highest? I was, I was, I was a six, which is the loyalist. The loyalist and I was a yeah. five, which is the investigator. Isn't that, that's odd for me, but that, so this has shifted for me over time. And I, this was a really good example of like talking to people and talking to listeners about how we can take personality inventories over time. And it also like, for the most part, our answers will stay somewhere within kind of a general norm. That's kind of usually how the data presents for most people. Most people won't change too much. They'll fall within kind of like a, like a norm or standard deviation. This is a really good example of that where it's in the norm of standard deviation, but I've also just fluctuated and changed a bit whether that be my lifestyle or my career choices or who I am as a person, I really used to actually probably, and even though I don't want to admit it, fit with the challenger and fit with the individualist. Um, but lately, actually, according to this or according to some of the questions, and I marked some that I thought were like odd or that had changed, I feel like I've actually maybe fit a little bit more into the loyalist or into the investigator. So I don't think I'm like, I don't like investigating or doing experiments, but I definitely think um, being able to concentrate and focus and develop complex ideas is something I definitely connect with and being independent and innovative and really just questioning why things are the way that they are or being willing to add extra data to my thought process has definitely been something I've tried to lean into in the last couple of years. So that's probably how that makes sense. And then the loyalist is just like a, like a dirty, dirty secret. I yeah. don't want to admit that I just very like, <laughs> I think it's true. I think I, just really committed to the people that I like. And like, if you like making it into my inner circle is very hard, but like, if I deem you worthy of the inner circle, like that's not likely ever going to change. Like you're a person that I'm like, I'm a ride or die. Like I will take a bullet for that person. Those are my people. And I don't want anyone messing with those people. But in order to get to that point, it's, it's fairly challenging to unlock all the locks or take the steps to actually get there yeah it's interesting and I will say that when we started talking more at work I was like I I by nature I think I come off as probably um a little I come off as way harsher than I am I would say that I am like a toasted marshmallow where when you toast <laughs> it like the outside gets like hard and crispy yeah, yes. but it's very fragile and the inside is just like a yes, gooey mess just real like real soft yeah, yeah. and like, like when I met delightful. you I was like I want to be her friend so bad oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I present the opposite I think I present is very like like sweet or soft or any of those things and then people start to get to the middle and they're like oh she's kind of fucking gritty (laughs) and I think the more hopefully in my dynamic when people see that like they begin to really like like that or connect with that but I do think maybe I present a little bit more neutral so am I like an untoasted marshmallow I don't know what would you (laughs) what would I what kind of marshmallow would would that be be? yeah what would that be am I a molten marshmallow you're like a it's it's gonna burn you (laughs) like you're like oh god (laughs) nice just the whole way you're <laughs> the whole way down. No, I would say you're like a 
you're like a marshmallow when it starts to get warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's just like, it's still very like firm yeah. and together, but yeah. it's starting to get a little mushy. It's gooey, but the inside could also be like, like dangerous. But so like the middle like... could still be a little yeah. firmer. Yeah. Like a little molten. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that... Could um, be firm, could be molten. You're not quite sure yet. Like, you're going to take the risk and find out later. You're just, you're you're just going to swallow... Yeah, you're just going to swallow that shit and just see what happens. Like, whatever, man. Whatever. Uh, no, so think- with that image and at the risk of losing our credibility, our careers, <laughs> tell me about which questions that you found really significant on this questionnaire. Because I had a couple I had starred. Well, dang. I didn't go that deep. Okay? Oh, I just okay. It. So I went therapist deep and I had thought... So, for example, I had starred 15 because for me that that is a piece of my life that had been changing really um, drastically. So 15 says it's been difficult for me to stop considering alternatives and do something definite. Um, And the other alternative would be it's been difficult for me to take it easy and be more flexible. So I I think that the, the truest answer as to who I am as a person is the first one, that it's been difficult for me to stop considering alternatives and do something... I picked the same for that one. Definite, but yeah. at the same time, I feel like in a positive way, I've really worked hard to become more type B or become more flexible. So I really think that that is like a dishonest, like, middle answer. Because I think we're both working at that too, of just yeah. being more relaxed and being more like, go with the flow. I think it's showing, hopefully. I think it's showing. <laughs> I think it is, um, especially in my current role, I do have to be a... It's another softer, more supportive role where it's not so, um, basically in the past, my job was to keep people safe, patients and staff and safety was absolutely number one. Mm -hmm. Um, and since that's been pushed to the side, that's not at the forefront, um, developing those new boundaries is, is sometimes difficult for me, but I think that also I am naturally a very caring person. Um, I think that you don't get into nursing for any other reason you mm-hmm. probably care about people a lot sure um i mean we've also had the conversations that clinically boundaries change depending on the situation and like in a positive way that we have general sets of rules whether that be like our code of ethics or whether that be our own general set of rules in really awesome and positive ways but that like different situations call for different boundaries in really healthy ways that like sometimes we need to be extra firm with a particular person because like that's really what they need and with some people of being like okay based on case-by-case basis or situationally like where does the boundary need to be I mean of course upholding that to our best ethical standard but recognizing that like different people require different levels of like okay here's the line here's what you can't cross yeah it's not a blanket yeah, especially yes. when we're treating in in a mental health setting, mm-hmm. it is not a blanket sure approach. Sure, and I think that maybe that's why this question is so significant for us as treatment providers. That like it's hard to be like, okay, what is definite versus what is flexible, right? What is our world where we get to be like, here's yeah. the line, do not cross it, and be like, okay, well, like where where can be we be more flexible with this person, or where does this person need more support, or where does this person need more guidance? Yes. Um, just also like it boiling down to like who do you need to be really blunt with, and who like who kind of gets the messages before you need to start like being like, all right, this is a conversation we need to have. Yes. Um, that one was, now looking at it, that one was kind of a weird one for me. Um, another one was 18. Um, for me, usually I have been able to put aside my feelings and get the job done, or usually I have needed to work through my feelings before I could act. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are, that describes the exact opposite jobs for me. Cause the first job is sure. I have been able to put aside my feelings and get the job done because I am responding to a lot of emergency situations where I need to be really calm, really cool, really collected. 
um, really organized mm-hmm. and very aware of my surroundings very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's very fast responses. Sure. Um, and now I have a little bit more leeway. It's not about, like I said, it, again, it's not about safety. Um, and it's about support. I think that's where yeah. you're talking about the shift between when the priority number one is like safety, safety, safety. How can I keep you from being a harm to yourself or others or like things being like acting harm upon you as a vulnerable population shifting to like, okay, how can I support you to make the best decision for you? Yes. Because this is a situation where like, I can't tell you what to do or I can't put you in a scenario in which like things are controlled or the environment is controlled. It's like, how can I best equipped you to help you make a decision that would be in your best interest. Yes. And also that, um, I have a little bit more room to maybe have some feelings before I act. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was just do it. Yeah. Um, so that one was kind of a weird one for me too, because honestly it's 50 50. It's very situational. Um, but I did with all of these, I just went with my gut. Mm -hmm. What did you think about 16? Cause I thought that that universally whether you're a provider or not I thought that 16 so this is the dichotomy between I have tended to be hesitant and procrastinating and I have tended to be bold and domineering I honestly for me I was split down the middle on this one as well because I I can be same very bold and domineering yes um if if that's if that's allowed if the situation Mm -hmm. calls for it um if I I think I'm very good in the sense that if I'm in a situation and it's very clear that no one's t- going to take the lead, I'm going to do it. I'm mm-hmm. absolutely going to step into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, my nature is to be an extreme procrastinator. Um, <laughs> I did not write any paper for school until the day or day before that mm-hmm. it was due. I, I, and that's kind of how I live my life in general. <laughs> Fitzy's starring Aww. away in the corner. Um, that's how I live my life in general. Sure. It's, a lot of procrastination. Um, I can also say that that's slightly not true. So this is me being able to call you out in that with the <laughs> podcast. It was like message after message after message. I'm like, Jen, I came up with an intro. Jen, I have this. Jen, Jen, Jen. Which was, no, which was very like inspiring and very passionate, which is funny because I'm usually the person who's really on top of it. But with like, for whatever reason, if I don't have a deadline, I'm like, oh, things can get done whenever. And yeah. I, need, I need like some hard deadlines to be like, okay, you need it done by like tomorrow. Yeah. Just to like crank it out. That's very interesting. That's why this works, right? Yeah. That's why this absolutely yeah. works. Yeah, I actually, and I was so excited about the podcast and so excited to um, learn about how to do it. Um, and also, I just think that it was it was just something that was like very much something internally driving me forward that this needed to happen because it would have been so easy to just kind of laugh it off and not really ever do sure. it. Sure, sure. Very easy. We oh, absolutely. Just, As many things in life, we could just like, oh, yes. that's such a great idea. And then just like not do it. Yeah. Which um, all of my friends will say I'm a little bit guilty of, but I just get very passionate and I don't know where to start. Yeah. So this same. was a good, like, like, do you, do you, in your field, do you talk about the zinc spark? Do you ever talk about that with like, Ooh. so like, this is something I learned in class when it happens with like, like conception of like, supposedly there's like a zinc spark that they're theorizing is like the beginning of like a life or a soul. We don't really know, but it's like okay. the chemical reaction that like creates babies kind of to poke fun at you. Like you are the zinc spark that like created this baby project. Yes. Cause I just, I needed an initiation. Like it's not that I wasn't passionate or I didn't have 
thoughts or ideas or things that I wanted to do, but I need someone or something that is my zinc spark to be like, Hey, we need to do this step because you're really going to enjoy the process or like you're like yes. it's something that you need to do. So yes, you were the, yes, I, the, I, the I did message bang. you in the beginning. I was like, Hey, if you don't really want to do it, like that's yeah. okay. Yes. And you were like, no, I'm in. And then I was yes. like, all right, well, you're like, you're hooked up now. You're, Which is great. We're on the yes. leash. We're together. Because yes. I'm we're really excited. And then if I start to have self-doubt, which is usually what, not, not that I don't want to do things, but the self-doubt creeps in. I need yeah. someone to be like, no, you're committed. Like, let's, like, we're going to do this. Oh, this is going to be a nightmare editing and uploading. Like, oh, I just, God. I just want you to know, like, okay. I'm excited to do it, but it's going to be just a shit show because I don't know what I'm doing. No, this is great. But I know, I know so many, so many nerds that I'm going to get it done. Like, I'm very excited, very passionate, very ready for this. What did you... I had one last question on the Enneagram that yes. I thought was interesting. Not even in a clinically significant kind of way, but I thought yes, 27 was really interesting because it says, I have been dependent upon my friends and they have known that they can depend on me. And it also says, I have not been dependent on people. I have done things on my own. That one's interesting, but I think that one was very easy for me to pick the first. Oh, okay. Depended on my friends, and they have known that they can depend on me. I thought that that question was really interesting, though, because what I also... did you also, pick for that one? I picked the first one. Oh, Do you okay. see that as me? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. No, I would, I would be more surprised. <laughs> no, no, no. I would be surprised if you actually said the second one, yeah. because I don't... You're not... Just because you're this very independent person, very independent thinker, um, very take charge, you don't yes. come off as someone who doesn't quote-unquote need people I think that you do like need people in your life you do need people too yes yes that's actually that was a question I had started because I think it's it's a general thing that a lot of people at least in my work I hear what people are working on whether that's being vulnerable with people or communicating with people or being more open to people in their lives yeah the the coincidental funny like clinical link is like that's also something as a person that I've really been working on is like being vulnerable or being more open so like actually my gut reaction was to pick the second one but in my heart of hearts I feel like I am the first one and I'm, I'm really trying to be that first one like that's what I want to be like I want to be someone who like I know people know that they can come to me but vice versa like I need to ask for like support or help or things when I need it, which I know for you're us getting, recently you're, has been. Yeah, you're getting so good at it. You really are. Um, I think that you are really putting in the effort just and just being, <laughs> yeah, just being like willing to say like, hey, I, d- I need help right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful. And when you do that, when you do that with the right person and you get the feedback, it just, it catapults your, your growth. Agreed. I agree. Because you're like, okay, now I feel safe. Now I can do this other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I will pick one. Yes, yes. And this one I thought was actually real fucked up because I'm not understanding what the difference between the two is. Okay. It's number 28. I have tended to be detached and preoccupied, or I have tended to be moody and self-absorbed. Sure. Those feel like almost the same thing. Sure. Because I just think of someone shutting down and sort of, keeping people at arm's length for either one of those. Sure. So what do you I see that? What did you pick for that one? Um, I picked, Ooh, and this is tough. Cause this is another one where I'm like, I'm not quite sure. I picked the second one that I, I know that. Too. Yes. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> I think we go, we go inward and we're like, what's wrong with me and what am I doing wrong? Which inherently can sometimes be also like a selfish perspective. Yes. I'm going to call us both out. I think it can be selfish to go inward and be moody and be like, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't this situation working rather than like, being open to the possibility that like, yeah, maybe you messed up and maybe it's also situational factors or maybe yes. it's just a culmination of the environment or maybe it's other people of being like, open your mind 
think not everything is about you in a positive way. Yes. It's not all about you. We yes. don't have that much cosmic control. Yeah. Like, let it go. Like, make adjustments as you need them. But at the same time, like, you didn't ruin the world just because you made one bad decision or just because one thing happened. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's important. Yeah, I think that the idea that um, we can be – and we will talk about this in another episode, but that's like the martyr. That's the beginning of like the martyr yeah, syndrome, yes, right? It's like yes. me. It's, it's yes, internalizing yes. everything. Taking, sometimes we, we walk the dangerous dichotomy of like, like it's good to own your shit, but if you're always taking on a martyr role or a victim role, then we start to get in patterns that like, like as a therapist, I foresee those as being like problematic or I foresee those as something like, okay, that's where you need to work through it because like you're owning your stuff, but you're not owning your stuff because if you just place it in this one category, you can kind of write it off very easily of like, oh, this happens to me. Like this is what happens. I am like this. And it's like, well, no, you have the capacity to change. It's just asking yourself like, how do you want to change or how do you want to see change? So yes, we're going to just preview all of our topics. Just all the topics for the next year, guys. Yeah. It's, you're getting it all in the beginning. I love it. You know what's coming. Um, okay, so the second one we took was the Ryasek. Ryasek? Yeah, so it's actually, it's it's considered the Holland um, career interest inventory or the Ryasek test. Okay. Um, so for you therapists out there or career counselors out there, you know what I'm talking about. But basically this is, it was um, based on Holland's code of like, how can I help people get hooked up with careers or services or areas of interest in which they could positively, 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 wow, why was that word so hard? <laughs> Freudian backstory to that, I have no idea. How can they positively contribute to a career or find something that they really connect with? But the cool thing is that the Ryasek inventory has kind of just exploded from there and become something where like people can explore new hobbies or explore things that they connect with, or even as we're doing, look at dynamics or friendships or relationships and connect like how do you connect with people and how are your interests similar or dissimilar of who you are as people? Again, all of these inventories are just inventories that yes, can help us understand. Yes, they're not yes. telling us who we are as yes. people. Yes, like it can be fun and it can give you a sense of guidance or direction or areas you need to work on. But yes. at the same time, like you know yourself, so just lead with that. You probably know what you need to work on. Yes, and sometimes you can take these and I feel like it's very easy to take these in the wrong mood the wrong moment yes Yes. you could have two completely different outcomes yes um if you're shoving a jimmy johns in your face (laughs) though you're probably gonna have a pretty decent outcome i love that i love that is this a plug for jimmy johns they are not an official sponsor sponsor yet but yes yes keyword yet (laughs) keyword yet um because i live and die for salt and vinegar chips okay we're gonna we'll stop um with the Jimmy Johns, <laughs> never. What? So, what was your? If if you take the Ryasek, and again, we don't own the rights to this, but we took um, a forty-two question inventory, and this was this was also very. I just want to say, very very simple, very very easy, very right? straightforward. Yes. Um, this this actually took me no time at all. I was just like, boop, 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 boop. It was good. So basically, if you agree with the statement, you fill in the bubble. So, for example, one of the statements would be like, I like to do puzzles or I like to try to influence or persuade people. I am good at keeping records of my work. Those are all examples of like, if you agree with them, you fill in the bubble. If you fill in the bubble, you tally your scores at the end and it should give you a code talking about these different um, six different categories. So those categories being realistic, investigative, artistic, social, enterprising and conventional. So basically this relates to interest, but also relates to personality and that is a segment of like careers that might really connect with certain people so we have taken this to compare where we fall on this so i would like to say that um it makes me very happy that mine actually spells a word oh does it what is three what is is c 
S-E-N. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, again, with this one, the same as the last one, I had two very high scores, and then the okay. rest were kind of all the same. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, my highest was social, mm-hmm. which is, makes sense because one of the jobs is nursing. Yes. So, I yes. didn't, I swear I didn't cheat. I didn't look ahead. <laughs> Um, my makes second sense. was inter- enterprising and then artistic. Um, okay. And I think the artistic only comes from the fact that um, doing this podcast was something that I was really like aspiring to do. And I think that um, after many years of kind of like ha- not knowing who I was, maybe feeling a little repressed, I think that artistic side mm-hmm. is coming out and it's not, um, I can't even draw a stick person. Um, but I think that performing, reading, writing, that whole thing is very something that I really love and mm-hmm. that I used to do um, mm-hmm. a long time ago. And this is kind of a way to do that again. Mm-hmm. What were yours? You were going to laugh because this is scarily similar, but it's in like a different order. Um, over So again, my answers have changed because I've taken this multiple times because of grad school or because of leading therapeutic groups or things like that. Um, so I like to keep my ear to the ground as to how my own stuff is changing a little bit. Yeah. I had gotten enterprising as my first one. I had got then social, which makes sense, right? Because I'm a therapist. Yes. And then artistic and conventional being the same tiered. But I also think that's biased because I just enjoy working in an office where I have my own space. Um, so that's probably how conventional showed up on that blip. And maybe also because conventional... Um sounds like a successful student and you're not that far out of school. Yeah. Also with a, like a business too. So keeping my own documents, my own records, my own yes, space, you all have of those to, things. I have to be conventional yes. whether I like it or not. Like I have yes. to exist in a certain space. But the funny thing is I know that social had been my highest um, actually at a point in my life. And it's very interesting that enterprising has kind of taken over that that number one spot which really actually makes sense because I'd always been fascinated with owning my own business or with being in business school or really just connecting um to therapy and to the the degree but also having my own freedom yes so in a really awesome beautiful way I've been able to find that like balance or that dynamic through working outpatient and working in my current company um so that's actually kind of been a bit of a dream but yeah enterprising was always on the radar but it just jumped to the top, which is really funny and ironic and beautiful because that's kind of what I do every day. Right. And you, you have had, so in the time that I've known you, you've had quite the career change. (laughs) No, not you. No, not career change. I just feel like you, um, when I met you, you very, very smart, very intelligent, very driven. Um, but you were not trapped, but Mm -hmm. you were at the precipice of becoming what you've become now. Sure. Yes. Working towards a role that I had always wanted, but I wasn't sure how to get there in whatever way, shape or form. So I was trying to take stepping stones that I thought might lead to a dream career. So we had talked about the concept that we both loved about like, like falling upwards. Yes. Um, Not necessarily that I recommend this like clinically as like a, like a career Please don't do Plan. any of the things that we've done. Just don't. Just but don't sometimes, do like, there is there is this theory, and I'll have to look up um, who exactly had this theory of, like, planned happenstance, that you can put yourself in situations. Um, this was actually very controversial in my grad school because, like, to some extent, it takes a lot of privilege to have some form of, like, what we would call planned happenstance. But at the same time, um, realistically, anyone in life could also do that. So we, we will – that is, like – 
perhaps a very deep conversation of just like owning your privileges but like yes. it's the idea or the ideology that like if oh. you seek well, you're already oh. groaning like I'm like sweating we're gonna start talking about you're sweating yeah you're today. throwing your glasses I know I'm, thro- like, I'm throwing things it's just I'm having your vision I'm, impaired but I'm vision having, available privilege how dare you know I'm, I'm so having sorry. a real like white girl meltdown no, yeah but I mean it's real of that like like some of us have more privileges so for example me like being a white woman and coming from the background that I've came from or having um, some form of like economic and also just like general mobility has definitely related to my career. So I understand that and I can own those things um, or having cis privilege or having privilege to um, like fly under the radar in any areas in which I would maybe want to like explore or be more expressive. So I, I can own those things, but also it's just the theory that like we can kind of build our own destiny. So it's planning, whether that be like events or job interviews or stepping stones or um, going to scenarios in which you'd rub elbows with people who might like lead to another career so it's planning to the best of your ability having a bit of structure but then leaving room for that happenstance that like eventually you might fall upwards into something that you really connect with so I I really vibe or connect with like planning for your career and having goals and being really driven and like not settling for less but also having a little bit of that luck and a little bit of that plan happenstance of meeting in the middle which is kind of exactly what our last like career was so you're right it was right on the edge of like I don't necessarily want to be doing this particular role like this isn't for me um but understanding like where my limits are or where like enough's enough or where I'm like you know what fuck it like I don't like admitting to myself of what I do and don't want to do as far as career goals go that like prompted a whole new search into where I'm at now so it was both a little bit of like like being like, you know what? Like I have a lot of self-worth and I'm just going to go for it. But then the plan happenstance that um, I love my job and I love my bosses and I love the people I work with. And they took a chance on me to be like, you know what? This person's going to fit on our team. So it was yes. just a beautiful culmination of all those things. And I feel so grateful and lucky every day to do the job that I do. But yes. also like I am to some extent I'm biased living truth that like for a lot of my people I'm like hey like live your truth live your dream jobs like live what you want to do because like that like ultimately can help bring you happiness like even if you're not sure what the rest of the puzzle looks like at least connecting to your job or to your passion or to whatever that is like certainly helps with that piece one yeah one piece can kind of lead to the rest of it agreed yeah agreed all right pee break sorry I really gotta go okay all right we're back Pee break over. Um, very happy that Jen has two bathrooms because we both had to go. <laughs> Let All me right. preface that by saying this is the most bizarre apartment. Would you agree? Because it's a one bedroom, two bathroom, which is very odd. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Obvious. I would agree. When you, with when that, you think yeah. about it that way, like that's very bizarre that it's a one bedroom with two bathrooms. But yeah, that's very bougie because that's like for rich people who have like yeah. really fancy apartments. Like it's yes. a one bedroom but two two bath. bath. Yeah. I would also agree that it would be really bougie if all of the pieces of the bathroom equipment worked like consecutive <laughs> or like you know in conjunction yeah. with the rest of it. But it doesn't because like one toilet is nicer, one shower works better, one shower doesn't work as nice, one tub is a little bit nicer, but like the drain system doesn't work. So like together it makes one fully functioning sure bathroom but separate it's like two very like shitty bathrooms <laughs> that I just like I manage and I live with they like, each have their own personality yeah they do yeah they do yeah one the I, water I love pressure the, sucks the, yes. l- the frosted it's not is it frosted or is it etched glass in this one is it is it mm, it's like flower print both. though is I it? love it 
Oh, I just resented that like it's it's like a black hole window to nowhere. So I haven't looked at it that closely because it creeps me out. But like, oh my god, I didn't realize that. You're right, it is. Yeah. So if you open it's it, it's a fake it's, window. It's it's like to a shoot down to the basement, which is just some Sweeney Todd shit that I don't. Oh, yeah, even no, wanna... that's real. Creepy. Yeah. So I just we keep that window locked, and I don't look at it too much yeah. because it just it it as a single woman living in this house it just freaks me out so yeah okay all right well i'm glad we brought up that trauma for you yes um, so next time you're in there stick your head in that window yeah. if you want to feel like real reckless <laughs> yeah i'm gonna look down it for sure yeah. you i can won't be able to help like, myself hear some of like the like like a gear sound or something in there i'm not kidding you like you'll yeah. just yeah it's just real like people being meat grinded or something yeah likely likely cool. yes this building is historic and horrifying at the same time so yeah probably yeah yeah all right i like it without further ado we're gonna move on we're gonna move on to something completely different all right so this is something that i've heard before it is a four question psychology test but it's it's not that deep all great questions are answered in four questions just so you know every clinical no i'm just kidding like i'm saying no i'm like oh please no no god no there's no research behind that (laughs) um yeah I was going to make a really poor, no, don't do it. Just don't do it, Courtney. Just don't do it. It's inappropriate. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask Jen. So I already know this test, so I can't take it. Yes, and I have never taken this. I'm so. very excited. Okay. Okay. We're just going to see. All right, so choose a color, the first color that comes to your mind. Blue. Use, list three adjectives to describe the color blue. Sad. Breezy. Beautiful? I don't know. Okay. I'm writing them down so that I don't forget because I, <laughs> I, I, gave, this, forget I gave this to someone else and didn't write down any of the answers. And then when we were talking about it, they're like, really? You didn't write down any of the answers? Aww, and I was like, no. Sad. <laughs> Oops. There may have been tequila involved. I don't oh. know. <laughs> All right. Choose an animal, the first animal that comes to your mind. Um, a dog, but we have a dog in this living room, so that might be, but... Okay, let me phrase it different. Choose an animal that you really admire. Really admire? Yeah, you're like, oh my god, that animal's so fucking cool. Mm. This is very cliche, but I always thought tigers were cool, because they look real snuggly, but, like, they'll also, like, eat your face, so... Snuggly, eat face. Great! That's the things you're writing down. really good. Snuggly and eat face. And one more way to describe tigers... One more adjective. I would say aggressive. Aggressive. All right. Uh, choose a body of water, the first body of water that comes to mind. Superior. Okay, superior. And give me three adjectives to describe superior. It is cold. Uh-huh. It is deep. Yep. And it is the darkest lake you'll ever swim in. It's terrifying. <laughs> I've been to Superior yes. and it's beautiful. It's and beautiful. It is beautiful. I was there in winter too, so it's it's beautiful oh, and it's also barren and it's yes. kind of scary. Yeah, but, yes. But gorgeous. Yes, agreed. If you were satisfied with your yes. life and you died there, you'd die happy. Yes, and yeah. I grew up by that lake, so I grew up with a very deep sense of that. Yes. <laughs> this explains, explains so much. So much. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, last. Uh, let's say you're in a white room with no windows and no doors. Mm-hmm. What three emotions are you feeling? Empty? Mm-hmm. I don't... Kind of uh, kind of trapped? I'm in a room with no windows and no doors, right? Yeah, you're in a white room, but just kind of, like, sit there for Empty, a second. Empty, trapped, like, and I guess, like... I guess, lazy and unmotivated if, if I'm going more neutral. Sure. Okay. All right. So, um... 
the first. Oh shoot! This is terrible. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at this. This is very, very scientific. Super official. Okay, so the color. Okay, sorry. I remember. Okay, so the color. Oh, Fitz, he's trying to protect us. Yeah, Fitz. Something. Fitz hears something. Shh, it's okay. It's okay. Fiddle. He was probably like, Courtney's getting too loud. He's probably like, we're gonna die. No, I just. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking about dark things all the time. Um, Okay, so the color blue, um, and the way you described it, that's how you see yourself. So you would see yourself as sad, breezy, and beautiful. Oh, this is so sad. Why did you make me do this? Because <laughs> you had to do it because I had oh, to do it. no. Okay. The tiger is how other people see you. Mm-hmm. So snuggly, will eat your face, and aggressive. <laughs> do, do you see me as that? Is that an accurate right. assessment? Absolutely not. Those, those three things are absolutely not you in any way, shape, or form. Um, the... Um, the water, the mm-hmm. body of water is how you view sex. Mm-hmm. Um, cold, deep, and dark. Wow. Okay. This just took a left turn that yeah, I wasn't expecting. Right? right? <laughs> and then the the white room is how you feel about death. So mm-hmm. empty, trapped, and kind of lazy. <laughs> Why would I feel lazy about death? Because <laughs> you're not moving anymore. I'm feeling unmotivated. Know. I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just over it. Yeah. You know, if I, like, search in my heart of hearts, I don't know that that's how I would feel about death in particular, because that's the last one that we talked about, but that's interesting. Yeah, no, this is, like, the dumbest test ever, and I I would be... I don't know that I agree with those, yeah, the assessment of that. Some of the stuff, sure, but not all of it. Yeah, and I don't know how accurate it is that it's ascribed to Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a pretty amazing... Mm -hmm. A psychologist and and thinker of his time, mm-hmm. so I'm not a hundred percent sure that he actually came up with this, sure, or used it in any way, shape, or form. Yes, and admittedly, I'm not too knowledgeable about that either, which maybe means that that's probably clinically significant that we both don't know too much about that. Yeah. Like I do know that he was a big champion of symbolism and like the psyche and how we present and how we can have like almost like like different roles or I don't want to call them different masks, but different like aspects of us and how that all combines with symbolism. Yeah. So I would say that that part is pretty accurate, but I would say probably the four questions and what they quote mean has been maybe very like bastardized or buzzfeed eyesed yeah. into like this is how you feel ha 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 you're gonna have 10 kids and like die in a shoe house like it's like very yeah. probably like similar to that but yes. are you referencing the old lady who lived in a shoe yes i love that you got that but that was for whatever reason the first thing that popped into my head about like yeah. how someone could just die a very unfortunate and interesting death so yeah do her kids like smother her or does she just die from like <laughs> I'd like to think that she's a good caregiver, but maybe that's that's not that's not the story, and the the shoelaces become the murder weapon. I don't. That's not what this podcast is about. However, (laughs) (laughs) that's just that took a laugh. We were not doing fairy tales. We aren't. We aren't doing fairy tales that somehow became a murder podcast and like a clinical thing. We're just you know we're just. We're just here to observe and report. (laughs) Observe and report. We are here to do that. Um, Gosh, I think we can wrap up our intro episode. Ah, I hope that everyone has a pretty good perspective of who we are as people, or maybe that's a very horrifying reality of who we are as people. Yeah, I feel like this this is the beginning of the story. Please listen to yes. at least 
a few more episodes before you're like sure we're calling authorities see and that's a very nurse perspective that we're we're kind of leaving on because you want people to follow up on advice i'm going to take the therapist perspective and i'm going to say do whatever the hell you want whether you listen to them or not it's not going to bother me um but that there might be some things in future episodes that could be relevant so i'm going to say use your best judgment and uh maybe maybe you'll make a choice that can align with some of your growth yeah, and, That's what I'll and, say. and we're here for growth, too. So this episode is going to be, um, gosh, just the worst. Yeah, yes. Production-wise yes. uh, content. We that, yes. Um, we, I, I think we we tried really hard to stay on one track, but it no, it definitely, no, yeah, definitely it, it spiraled pretty quick. But be sure to, like, take some of these personality tests, maybe, like, whether that be with us or be able to take them and, like, kind of send us thoughts, opinions, results, um, because we always, again, are learning, and we'd love to hear what people think about um, some of the stuff that we took and what people's results were, if they thought it was BS or any of those things. Yes. So please reach out with your results as well. We'd yeah, love to know we what would love got. to hear from you guys. And, and the people who know us well, maybe tell us if you thought that those were accurate assessments of who we are as people. Yeah, and um, let us know if that's something that you guys kind of want to do more in the future, is have us take like weird, silly, interesting personality inventories or psych tests or whatever mm-hmm. um, because that's just really fun it's a good way to break things up and and maybe take something away sure but um but yeah stick around and like grow with us because just think about how much maybe less of a shit show this will be you know 50 60 episodes from yes. now i mean i i, ho- I hope not but no, I hope it's the same hot mess. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's fire. beautiful. <laughs> all right. So with that, we are will continue to observe, and we will see you all in future podcast episodes. Bye.